Guys, welcome to episode 92 of the Michael Anthony Show. I think it's really, really important before we bring you today's podcast episode that we touch on something quite personal to us. And that is our gratitude and appreciation for your ongoing interest and listening. Guys, without you, we'd quite frankly be lost. The world's really, really scary at the minute. We're in a really unique situation and everybody is struggling a bit. Everybody is a little bit confused and put out. But we get by on the hope that we are bringing even a shed of light to your days and weeks. So thank you so much. And as long as you guys continue to show us the support, we will continue to try our best to bring you something that might give you a boost. And, And I also want to touch on another thing. We are obviously deep into this pandemic now. And I know it's very easy to get used to things. But I feel like we're getting careless. Guys, face masks, hand sanitizer, social distancing, telling a mate, you know what? Not too comfortable seeing you if you haven't quarantined. Just something something as small as that makes all the difference. And of course, pints of Guinness. Because <laughs> <laughs> pints of Guinness can solve anything. No, no, no. But in all serious, um, don't get careless. Uh, try your best not to get restless. Keep your guard up. This virus, it doesn't have emotions. Um, it, it doesn't fucking discriminate as, as much as we'd want it to guys it does not discriminate and the health workers the fucking health workers these people that are fighting tooth and nail to put an end to this this beast this animal by not doing your part you're spitting in the face of every nurse and doctor in this country thank you so so much to the frontline workers and thank you so so much to you guys for helping us get through this this fucking terrible time and a like a subscribe even guys word of mouth is is hugely effective just telling a mate hey i like this podcast or or just like sharing something or anything like that it all goes so so fuck me imagine that people actually behave like that embarrassed disgraceful yeah hmm. if you want to do something like get behind a microphone and you're going to sit there and say, guys, like, just time, fuck speak. off off it. Yeah. No, not a voice, but just speak like that. Get the fuck off the mic, you fucking cunt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That's my attitude. Yeah. This whole thing of everyone's entitled to get behind a mic. No, you're no, fucking, fucking not. Friend. You're an absolute nerd. Yeah. Now fuck off. Mm. You bellend. some changes i'm making some serious serious changes because i know a joke there about the coronavirus but at the end of the day it does affect your life it does change you and it changed me especially physically mentally to an extent as well but physically in a huge way because you lose all consideration for for how you present yourself physically and the other morning i believe life works in in light bulb epiphany moments as opposed to gradual ideas building up in your brain and i woke up at eight in the morning and i was out the night before a real embarrassing like not drinking for enjoyment just drinking to just be a fucking fatter louder moron really like completely the wrong reasons to consume alcohol some would call it numbing some sort of anguish but it's not even that it's just nearly trying to be an obnoxious dickhead if possible a really dangerous way to 
terrible way to, to consider, treat yeah. yourself. And I woke up at eight in the morning due to the fact that I, I strongly needed to urinate. So strongly that my organs were sore. You'd love to stay and scratch your, you're hung over. You'd love not to go to the toilet, especially if you live with you. Yeah. Uh, toilet floors are constantly wet, yeah. uh, a la Tolka Park. You'd love to stay in the scratcher, but you, you can't not go. You feel like you'll die if you don't allow this liquid to pour out of the top of your um, your penis, basically. Not only do you have to get up and go to the toilet, but you'd actually be willing to use one of those 20 cent toilets that you see in, in shopping centers throughout Dublin, which are probably the most horrendous arenas that I have ever entered those ones with turnstiles that request you to put in a coin if anyone has been in there you don't walk out of it the same man first of all you legally legally have to wipe a baby's ass when you walk in there so you walk in originally there's a smell of antibacteria and vomit and and then the game begins you walk in and and on the sink there will be an unattended baby with its fat legs (laughs) in the air proudly showing you the pie in which it sits in. By the way, what is the story with babies' fecal matter? Why why is there shit like that? Babies are really embarrassing people. How soft it is? No, just their, their whole approach. I understand that they're not yet raised or taught about social norms, but I kind of find them arrogant. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, they are quite arrogant, and they should be judged as humans to a higher level than they are now. Are all babies arrogant or not? Kind of, but oh, that yeah. whole thing of shitting out that goo and all, like, what are you doing? If I ever have a baby, I can guarantee you he's going to have hard shits from day one. Yeah. If the baby food they encourage you to give a child produces that out of their anus, I'm not doing it. I'm just giving them a load of sausage and hash brown from day one. <laughs> it's simple as. But what bothers me more is that the baby, when arrogantly requesting, of course his mother's not there to clean up his shite. He's in a 20-cent toilet. Do you yeah, know what I mean? He's, he's, he is there. left there. Because anyone that uses them, you just assume the arrogance of the entrance into those toilets. Yeah. Though, you're the one who's in there, and you just assume everyone in here is a fucking disgusting human body. Yeah. Just the imagery in there. like the, the baby changing thing. But beside a machine that sells condoms that advertise the sexual pleasure they will provide mid-sex. And for some reason, the only other option in the machine bar these condoms are puppets. Yeah. A stale and unique little circular chocolate that is only ever sold beside a series of contraceptives. Have you ever had them? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. But when your option is as I've just previously said, you will take the chocolates every single time because people who purchase condoms that are rigged or scented, they're really, really problematic folk. If I ever took pride in the use of a ribbed condom or the status of any condom to satisfy me or a lover, I'd wear ankle weights during the fornication. In fact, any sex toys are embarrassing. You're not Hugh Hefner. Leave the weapons out. Beast v. Beast. Hand on hand. You're Irish, most likely, if you're listening to this. Possibly English. But the observation is the same. Your great-grandmother, if not your grandmother, was most likely called Josephine. And herself and your grandfather, Seamus, used to put more clothes on having sex. (laughs) The opposite to nudity. They'd get dressed to have it. And there'd be more pubic hair in the room than there is in the Klonsky Mosque. You didn't come from a long line of people who were sexually expressive. 
So I understand Americanisms are always going to come into your culture with the rise of not just Instagram and the Kardashian way of life now, but even with, oh, oh, but even with rock and roll yeah. and the fucking 60s and the Beatles and the Stones, yeah, you know, yeah. the sex becoming a much more non-traditional and, and more talked about aspect of life. I get that. But let's have some respect for our roots. Fucking sex toys. Bring in dildos. Little vibrating rings. No. Shut up and deny your sex life. And these couples that you see online who are holding each other on like a beach and there's arse and a bicep and they're selling their sexuality and pretending to be comfortable with it. Or even people who are from Ireland or England who kiss in public. Just leave it out. There's no need to add that. Nobody's comfortable with it. You cannot be. It's, 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 it's horrible. When you have sex, turn the lights off and replace that Cardi B Spotify playlist with a Christy Moore cassette tape. <laughs> be real with yourself. And Pat Martin, last time we heard from him, how are you? Good. You were speaking about the issue you got yourself in with the yeah. accidentally making a woman you did not know pregnant. And I would have said, yeah, that's your fault. And you yeah. deserved whatever came your way. It was really careless. But it's no wonder you got yourself in the position you're in. Because how do you purchase contraceptives? Anyone who does have the audacity to go into a garage or a shop and buy condoms behind the counter is missing something. That a weird relationship with their mother, yeah. their L fellow, played offside too many times. And they think sex is kind of cool and acceptable. And it nice. isn't. I want it hidden. Yeah. And it's not linked to religion or any of that bullshit. But it's just not right. It's not right to be putting it in your face. Walking into a garage, yeah, how you made it? Here's my BPM green, here's my pepperami, and uh, yeah, could I get some condoms? <laughs> some sperm blockers, please. You know those uh, plastic things that will stop my dick juice? Thanks. Condoms we bought one of two ways. Either you order them online, which I wouldn't recommend because it's extremely unfair in the delivery driver. Also, somebody has to grab them and put them in the Where bag for the delivery that? driver. Yeah. He might even have to request them himself. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he comes to your door. Here is your bread. Here is your milk. Here is your blankie. Jerry Halliwell portrait you requested <laughs> to ensure arousal, lube, and your condoms. It's uncomfortable. So you've really no other option. But the second way, and that is hightailing into a suburban boozer, preferably with some of your boys in the back of your motor. Like you're 12 again when you go into the machine in the hallway of a bar that allows you to get cigarettes by putting coins in because you can't get them legally in a shop. And you sprint in to the jacks in the bar, preferably mid to late afternoon, and you get your condoms there. The only problem with that is I once did that. I was in a uh, one of those chalk-owned boozers, and it was like five in the day. And uh, I legged it into the toilet to get condoms, <laughs> and I came out, and just outside the toilet was one of my mate's mothers. So you're saying... And no, but they're at a funeral. And when you're doing this, you don't put the condoms back into your pocket. You just want to get out of yeah, there, man. You're not, you're not, because if you put them in your pocket in the toilet, even the, the fellow patrons of, yeah. of said jacks is looking at you. You can't even look them in the eye. You're getting Johnny's here. Put them and you just keep them in your hand. Yeah, you leg it out. The like door it. isn't far away from the toilet. And I had to stop and talk. Are you having a pint? Oh, what are you doing? I'm just at a funeral. And you she knew. She knew. The, the answer is No. No, I'm not having a pint, as I should be, and as should be the only reason I'm in this bar. I'm not even getting chicken tenders and a plate of chips. I'm purchasing condoms, so can we wrap this up? And in fairness to her, she was a self-aware woman. She knew when to wrap it up. But that was a horrendous moment, and, and quite possibly the second most embarrassing moment of my life.
after well the most embarrassing moment of my life wasn't based on me it wasn't due to any fault of myself well it slightly was in the summer of 2013 a buddy of mine met this American dude and he was a typical proper Shane McMahon debatable Irish roots dad was a billionaire who ran this water company and they struck up a conversation in an Irish bar and, and he told my mate that listen you you Irish guys are coming over to California I will get you and one of your buddies a job okay, so yeah. we got a job in his water company delivering water and it was it was very good fun you got to meet a lot of interesting characters you got to stand on the side of the truck as you were going gaff to gaff one day I actually delivered water to Warren G the rapper and they were kind of lying to the drivers about the old days when they'd go into housewives and have sex with them it was the, the perfect kind of job to have in that deluded stage of I'm in California I'm 20 and, and this is what yeah, you do water. and we'd consistently be late for work because I had quite minor substance abuse problems then it was difficult to get out of bed we were in the 6 in the morning the next day we go in one day and, and the, the main boss guy was rarely there and he treated staff like shit. They were all afraid of him, the actual Americans, but he viewed us as literally mythical leprechaunic figures. Tell them what it's like in an Irish bar. So <laughs> guys, guys, listen to this. The whole office has to be signed again in Irish bars. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you do is you walk in, you order again and tell them what happens. Yeah, and you just... Uh, just talking uh, and the conversation guys that's what it's about no pool no air hockey these guys are talking and they're playing music so he used to love us giving these limericks and exaggerative stories about Irish bar scenes but he always would try to impress us and he'd always try to be culturally in sync with us to try and include us it was quite sweet looking back he was a very unusual man one of the most unusual people I've met in my life uh, perhaps only beaten by the guy who I beat in an online game of FIFA 08 <laughs> and afterwards he sent me a message saying I wish the faith of Jade Goody on you who had just passed away of cervical cancer not only did I find his reaction to losing a game of FIFA completely over the top but I found his wishes for me extremely specific and troubling Hilarious. really troubling guy whoever that was Keith 92 but we walk in late to a team meeting and you can see Mr. Paykoff up at the top and he's just kind of slating the delivery drivers, telling them they're not good enough, talking about their targets. And if you reached your targets, you got a black mark. And what his ambition was for you was to be all black all month. We want an all black month. And if you didn't hit your targets, you get a red mark. So he was motivating these guys just constantly. And then he sees us come in. He doesn't give us a bollocking for being late. He just goes, shit, I have to turn this up. These guys think I'm a billionaire son character and I the curly muddle at the back. So I'm going to really over-dramatize this. So he starts calling out drivers, starts playing up to the crowd, throwing in a few Irish references. But then at the end, and this is the most embarrassing moment of my life, and this, <laughs> this is undoubtedly the moment where I haven't felt more of a powerful cringe go from the top of my skull to the bottom of my foot. He goes, everybody in. He looks at us. And he thinks because we're Irish and he might have seen like a few rugby balls, whatever bars he was drinking in in Ireland, that we were associated with the game. So he makes all the American drivers, some of them are Mexicans, from all over. And everyone puts their hand, he goes, everyone put their hands in. So we have to stand in the middle. Me and my mate are just there going, what are we doing? He looks at us and then looks at the, the rest of the team, some, some of which are women. And he goes, there's a rugby club in Auckland, New Zealand. They're called the All Blacks. So I'm just thinking, oh, Jesus, what, <laughs> what the fuck's he talking about? And as I said, he wanted drivers to be all black for their month. He wanted them to hit their targets. On three, we're the All Blacks. One, two, three, All Blacks. <laughs> now, there's so many problems with it. Not just everybody putting their hands in, a la 
Zach Morris and his mates at the end of, of many yeah, Saved by the Bell episodes, yeah. but the inaccuracies of the poor guy trying to relate to us on a cultural level. There's a rugby club, a rugby club <laughs> in Auckland, New Zealand, called the All Blacks. Uh, it was a fascinating role we had that summer, in the summer of 2013. And you used to go out day to day with a different driver. That's what made it so fascinating. It was uh, similar to sharing an experience with a guest nearly on a on an episode because you just you're sitting in a car you're delivering water and they open up to you about so many facets of their life and there was one guy who was in the Iraqi war and it just sounded terrible what he was up to but there was one guy he was a born again Christian he used to hang around with corn another off band corn yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he was like a disgusting oral sex addict who oh, was yeah. on heroin and shit but he was a born again Christian now with his wife so he was proper clean and he was proper innocent and his rock and roll and heavy metal had now become Christian rock and his son played bass in a Christian band, even though when he was 16, he was literally smoking meth on Tuesdays. Because he was a born-again Christian, he believed in generosity and, and loving thy neighbour and sharing what you have. And he loved his wife so much. And I'd always be kind about the situation. Sometimes I'd ask him a question, and she's the Yoko Ono. She got him into this she way of life. Yeah. So he'd ring her and have to go, uh, baby, there? Hey, you know, so, so I'm just with Michael here. He's asking me... um. Are we allowed wear condoms? Because I know we're married, so, but is, is that allowed? And she'd have to explain it to him. And it was just, occasionally, I'd have to be put onto her. And she'd be like, what, you're asking about the, the condoms? Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really. I'm just making small talk with your husband. Like, can we not have this phone call? I'm, I'm 20. The first day I was with him, and I have dietary problems. I'd be very picky about what I select to consume uh, via the mouth of a... Quite an act of gag reflex. In fact, there's even certain people I can't eat around. Yeah, if you have bad table manners or if I sat down with you and you went, <clears throat> yeah, you wouldn't be able I wouldn't to be able to eat for, for the rest of the... Yeah. Uh, even if someone's unshowered. If someone came to meet me after a game of tennis or a yeah. game of five, so I wanted to go that? for yeah. I, I just, I just not order. Yeah. And I'd pretend it was for just reasons such there. as previously eating. But in reality, I just wouldn't be able to sit around you. And I don't eat like mustard or hot meats that aren't cooked. And this is probably quite juvenile at my age but meats that aren't cooked by a restaurant or a fast food joint or my mother the only eggs I'd eat are mine and my mother's the only <laughs> sausage no, the only sausage I'd eat are mine it's just it's, it's a hygiene thing yeah. I just don't trust people yeah. that's kind of fair enough but when this guy he goes you know you hungry yeah we're, we're like we pulled into a Chipotle that's, that's sometimes what I do with the other boys so, my wife made sandwiches I already committed to saying I'm hungry and I go um, I'm actually I'm, I'm worried he goes no 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 have a sandwich so he whips out this big fucking born again Christian mustard and turkey oatmeal sandwich with fucking religious sauce just pouring out of it I'm pretty sure his wife fucking used her own tit milk in this recipe and he hands it to me and he looks at me with his affected post heroin addiction kind morally stable God believing innocent eyes and he hands me the sarnie. And when a born-again's wife makes you a sarnie, you no, can't say, no, she didn't just make you a sarnie. Jesus made the sarnie. Mary Madeline was involved in the fucking creation of this sarnie. So you just take it. So he takes you, goes, you like it? I go, I'm actually just going to, I'm going to eat it in a while, but you couldn't get away. He goes, nah, have a bite. Have a bite. This is my, this is my wife's favorite. This is my wife's best dish. 
My wife's sandwiches are, they're unrivaled, man. Seriously, have a bite. And he was been so good to me. And you used to get double your hourly wage if you did hours of overtime. And he'd be aware of that. And the shift would be over at five. But me and him would drive around yeah, Orange man, County yeah. between five and seven just because he knew I'd be getting double the money. And I was going back to J1 apartment where the shitter was overflowing and shit. He was just a real, really good guy. So I had to eat a sarnie. And when I took the first bite... I was actually holding back tears. <laughs> I actually remember nearly crying. I, I wanted to go home. I wanted to contact use it. I thought I'd been violated. I know I know incidents happen on J1s. People get sexually assaulted and shit. And the gag thing was coming up. Yeah. And I was biting into the turkey and it was little bits of fucking just turkey chewiness on the edge. And the mustard was just like sun oh, hit. Oh, and I just got it into me. And he grew me as a man though. He did grow me as a man. Getting that sarny into me was essential for my personal development. It was a really remarkable do but coming back to my original point about why I am changing my ways as a physical specimen and how COVID has put me into this disgraceful shape where I just have sore knees for the crack the morning when I woke up and I needed to urinate so badly I remember weighing it up I said I- I'm just not arsed I'm too hungover I'm too fucking fat and it's too COVIDed for me on this Saturday at 8am to get up and walk to that toilet and stand on your fucking goatee hairs yeah, on the floor perfect. but then I remember going but there's a cold Diet Coke in the <laughs> fridge because when I came home last night at 2 in the morning I ordered a pizza and I ordered a 2 litre Diet Coke with it and I know I put half of it in the fridge and I had a dry mouth so I was actually motivated and encouraged to get up and my body dragged me out of the bed in order to go and drink that Diet Coke and I leg it to the kitchen I open up the fridge and there it is staring at me that brown shiny liquid about to quench not my thirst just a few seconds of dry mouth get a glass of tap water no 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 Diet fucking Coke because it has no calories in it yeah it's still Diet Coke you fat bastard so then I take the Diet Coke with me to go for my hour-long urination, which happens after when you're this age and you've had a night on the beer, you you go for now a half an hour-long piss. Sit down. I wasn't sitting down, I was standing up and I was drinking my Coke while I was doing it. So I had that fucking noise effect. Nearly the other one, like, and I'm topless. And with my boxers, and they're they're not sitting great at the minute. They're kind of folding over around the waist because I'm probably not fitting into them at the minute. And as I walked out of the toilet, I looked to the right and there was a full-length mirror. You know, the full of mirrors in the hall. And I'm standing there with the fucking stupid, blonde, dyed, fucking COVID barnet that just makes me look like an absolute tosser. Not just a tosser, but a a freak, really. A fucking weirdo. I'm standing on myself, hung over eyes, red fucking veins just in the white of the eye and bags underneath them. Out of shape body. Tim Sherwood gone wrong barnet holding that two litre Diet Coke and I just looked at myself. That was it. That's what changed it all. And now I have actually, and I know I've been on the show before speaking about how I am going to begin to physically take myself more seriously, but that was a a huge moment. The regimen begins now. I will have deleted Deliveroo. Have you? I've started taking cod liver oil for the first time since I was a falsely confident 13-year-old who took pride in completing a full masturbation before the Dream Team theme song could end. <laughs> and I've started exercising, but to actually burn calories. I've started playing sport, not for some philosophical idea yeah. I have in my head of what it represents 
and not marking someone and not running around doing my bit. I'm actually doing it because I want to physically benefit myself. So I go to a basketball court now and I shoot hoops seriously. You've seen yeah. me play. Yeah. You've seen me drop. Yeah, I'm probably the best white amateur. One of the best white amateurs you'd probably see. Good, it's scary. But it's because I'm taking it seriously. In the past, I'd show up to a basketball court and I'd think this was some sort of unique urban pastime that makes me seem interesting as opposed to playing five-a-side yeah, or yeah, jogging. Yeah. So in my head, I'd be on a basketball court and some woman creative and was able to observe things like Carrie Bradshaw-esque basically in my head I was the guy yeah. playing basketball the Carrie Bradshaw would walk by and go it turned out that the only jump shot I needed wouldn't be in the Manhattan bars but actually at the hands of Michael the street basketballer and he could shoot from my hoop anytime that's what I thought I was I was Aiden I was a piece of Carrie Bradshaw narration but things have changed COVID made everyone make some drastic mistakes and that was mine I really really began to to physically represent something that I wasn't and therefore to an extent mentally represent something I wasn't because it's, it's tied in. And I think the, the reason that COVID is so problematic is because we have never experienced it and everything we do is linked to childhood. Everything we experience is linked to the origins of our personality when we were younger. We remember the first moment we had certain feelings. We remember our first conflict and that's still subconsciously in the back of our brain when we engage in conflict now. We remember our first piece of empathy. I remember the first time ever feeling sad for somebody. I was in this summer camp there was this Spanish kid getting ferociously bullied all day. He'd been accused of being blind and shit when he wasn't. <laughs> he was sitting at the corner. I think it was lunchtime and he was on his own and I presume his mother came over to Ireland for a better life. And I presume she was in some sort of labor role. This was yeah, in the late 90s. Working. And she saw this was a local camp and she sent him and he was so isolated. And lunchtime came and I presume she didn't think there'd be a canteen that sold fucking sweets yeah, yeah. and muffins and stuff. I think she kind of presumed you'd just get fed because if it was Spain, they'd probably go, how's it been? And you get a yeah, bowl of soup. Yeah. And he's just standing outside the canteen on his own, having got mocked for the whole day and they were selling you could get things for 15p 20p yeah, time. Yeah. you get yourself a Mr Freeze and stuff yeah. and I just remember I went up to him and I probably had like a fucking pound and I gave him 20p <laughs> because I felt so bad and I was six now the fucker did come back <laughs> out of there with a gobstopper and a cadet I never understood those kids who eat gobstoppers you're that licking a ball all day in most situations it's just encouraged by fucking minders who yeah, don't want to, to engage with the going. kids so they give them a six hours of wasted time of licking this right. white fucking ball that is the reality we, we've nothing to reference it back to we've never been in this situation so we're all doing shit that is completely out of character out of sorts there's nothing to remind us of it normally at this time of year you get a smell that engages with the brain the brain is ability to associate with past events negatively and positively sometimes yeah. we think our mood switches for no reason we just think oh i feel bad for this 10 minutes 10 minutes ago i felt good it's because you can actually get a scent in your nose that brings up memories in your brain depending on how strong your amygdala is it's a part of your brain that attaches context to past memories you would have a weaker one let's say than i would so if you're driving on the motorway and you slip off into another lane you just think, oh, I know that's dangerous from road safety ads. Yeah. But you won't properly fear it as much as somebody else because they can attach context to that previously happening that it makes it seem much more real. You wouldn't remember a past negative or a past positive as much. The hippocampus in your brain is what identifies you to previous things. So if you bump into a cousin, the part of your brain that knows who they are and recognizes the face is the hippocampus. But the amygdala is what tells you they're a fucking tosser. Okay. So you'd be much more likely to bump into one in a bar, go, oh, it's cracking, have an awkward conversation, either. but other people 
and they're just accused of being judgmental or overanalyzing yeah. things. It's actually their brain doing things. So what actually happens with smell? There's women who used to be nurses at war and shit who would have fucking bombs coming over their head and seeing young men lose their lives were sent in World War Two, and then 20 years later they they smell the previously mentioned shit of a baby's nappy and there's just something similar in the scent That's that arises bad. these negative emotions from war years ago that puts them in bad form. <laughs> We're not really in control of our hour-to-hour moods as much as we like to think we are. There's certain things that spark emotion that like we smelling, can't help. Yeah. And that's what's so awkward about it now. In the summer when you're smelling the pollen of the plants that normally associates you with young, summer, not in school, positive memories for some people, possibly negative. Or when you smell the winter for the first time and it reminds you of going back to school so, and that yeah. kind of negativity and fucking school supply shops and new jumpers yeah, and fucking empty notebooks. That's all, that's all gone because there is no months. There's no fans at football games and Messi might actually be leaving Barcelona and people care about Harry Maguire getting into a bullshit legal skirmish, even though they should be focusing more on the fact that he's one of the worst centre-backs in the league. There's no reality really here. That's what the struggle is. You'd nearly rather negativity yeah. than this, because this, this is empty. Yeah, you can't be reminded of anything from the past, so we're all just in this cauldron of futuristic doubt and confusion. Yeah. We can't associate it to anything. You know when you know it's Six Nations time of the year in Dublin? Yeah. Every dickhead accountant is walking around with their two little toddlers in the morning excited for the boys coming over for the game later. You get a smell. Yeah. The fume off a bus hits the spring air differently than it hits the summer or winter air. All that shit's reminding you of a series of events, but this is why it's so confusing. This is why we are so fucked at the because minute. Because the months don't exist. People are saying April. People are actually saying April and people are starting to accept this. It's really scary. I think we should just constantly all focus on how mental this is and don't betray ourselves by accepting it. And even if it does take a year or two, just constantly be going on about how ridiculous this is and constantly remind yourself what the old world was like. As opposed to going to fucking Cork or Kerry... Somewhere you never would have went if other countries were an option and suddenly going to the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, we know the scenery is remarkable down there and the culture locally is great. But if you didn't previously recognise that, don't just start yeah, saying it. Because you are a tosser and you want to go to Portugal. Yeah. You want to go to Marbella. You miss Portugal So accept Marbella, that. So yeah, yeah. Accept that you're an absolute fucking John. And don't be on and get on with it. Yeah. Everyone should just stay in gear with that. And... No one should get too carried away. I think that happens on a football pitch at the minute. That Barcelona v Bayern result, that wouldn't have happened with a full crowd there. I know Barca still would have probably lost. They still would have got a hiding, possibly of some sort, but not fucking eight eight goals. Manchester United became the first team in the Premier League era to win by three or more goals in four consecutive games. They never would have done it with a crowd there. No. They wouldn't have done it. There's players overperforming because character and nerves are part of their weakness. Anthony Martial being one, the guy's full of potential, but with no crowd in the stadium, he literally is Thierry Henry. With them there, there's a little bit of David Bellion about him. He is a little bit nervous, and he doesn't like the roar of the crowd getting on his grill. We should recognise all of this and not get overly carried away with anything that's happened at the minute and view it as just a break from reality, not a new reality. Because if we accept it, we will accept everything that comes with it. And that's people using this as an opportunity to push crazy ideology on us at every single corner that they wouldn't have been able to do before this era. When you used to look back at things and you'd see people in a war-torn environment or society and you'd watch a film 
and they're kind of just sitting there having a drink shaking the screen going no 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 but Hitler's trying to bring fascism to the fucking wider masses of people this guy's trying to terminate Jews how are you having a mind exactly. constantly recognise how weird this is because Covid will be talked about as one of the weirdest eras ever Definitely, and then exactly. people are going to say in six years do you remember Covid do you remember how fucked it is no live with the knowledge of how fucking it is strange it is and don't let it confuse you to the extent where you start thinking do I have a mental health problem do I not have a mental health problem? And don't read <laughs> the fucking celebrities tweeting out saying how hard it can be to survive during COVID and yeah, I know that everyone's getting down. No, it is the world around you has completely betrayed itself. It's not your fault. And the only way that you can be mentally beaten is if that you associate some kind of self-blame to it, which you can't do. Laugh at it and know that better days will come. That's and the only option. Do not forget what it was like before. Take the next football season with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Do. It, is going to be no it, it isn't going to be the Leeds are back and United fans and Leeds fans don't get to give each other the wanker sign yeah. for 90 minutes over half of the Yorkshire police force okay, yeah. if we kind of accept that and give it the same seriousness as we've given games in the past and give the trophies the same seriousness we're in danger of actually taking away from the real importance of the return of fans of the return of the passion. This should go down as a pre-season season. Yeah, nearly. A yeah. joke season. They're yeah. all friendly. So when we go to Ellen Road in 2021, if they stay up, we're ready to fucking go. We're not citing last season's result. Or a guy who wins next season's golden boot isn't considered world-class unless yeah, already proven no. in a yeah. pre-COVID world. Yeah. That's just the way it has to be. It makes sure we preserve the dignity of the real world and not accepting this one because it won't be as great or as demanded to be returned to that level if we kind of become okay with this and we don't think concerts and gigs are the best things ever. Yeah. Because football's in huge danger anyway. The care of fans and how much fans actually passionately are obsessed with their team, it has waned. There's no doubt about that. I got streams of abuse from these United fans who know absolutely nothing about football because they saw one-minute clip that was put on an Instagram, two Instagrams of football accounts that have hundreds of thousands of followers. That is me and Danny Simpson talking about Wambasaka, completely taken out of context. But regardless of which, these guys are so angry about it, but they don't know anything about football. They know things about marketing. They're, they're yeah. guys who came along in around 2013 to start supporting United, 2014, who have grown up in this Twitter era where things aren't the same. And the reason things aren't the same, the reason the fans, not just of football, but things like music and film, aren't as passionate anymore is because the moments aren't shared together. When United won the treble in 99 or Liverpool won the Champions League in 05, everybody watched the same box. Everybody saw the same interview with Fergie after, the same interview with Gerard after. At the same time, it was culturally impactful when fucking Taxi Driver came out with Robert De Niro and he said, you talking to me in the mirror. That was quoted in every boozer for the next few months by men in the 1980s or 70s or whenever that was because it was culturally impactful. But now you'd have people illegally streaming it, people waiting for it to come out on Netflix, some people going to the cinema, some people watching a year later because there's not as much pressure because we have too many sources of information. If Geek scored the 99 goal against Arsenal now, People wouldn't all be in their sitting room 
watching him beat defender after defender and put the ball into the roof of the net because they'd be on their phone watching a football account called like fucking Daily Sport already going Roy Keane sees red and people be focusing on Roy Keane's red card that happens 20 minutes previously tweeting and talking about that as opposed to actually engaging with the game on their screen that whole thing of brothers families of brothers coming into their sitting room after a fucking swimming lesson and watching a Champions League game on Wednesday is gone someone's upstairs watching the laptop someone's watching on the iPad somebody has it recorded because you can record everything now so we're not actually all in tandem feeling the same thing we're all feeling different things if someone wins the Premier League you and your mate Ten of you will have seen different interviews after. Someone sees a Twitter interview. Someone sees the TV channel interview. Someone sees the club channel interview. Some people follow player social media, but we don't see those moments as one. And it has made fans be more into the sensational pieces of information as opposed to what is actually happening on the pitch. And the reality is that if David Beckham was around today, the 2003 Beckham, who had to leave United because Ferguson saw something in him that was valuing money and fame ahead of three points week in week out yeah. that's not to say Beckham didn't try his arse off but he was slightly distracted and Ferguson got rid of him to the betterment of Manchester United if Beckham was around now and he looked like that and he had that brand appeal and that wife he'd have around 90 million Instagram followers and even if Fergie had already won eight leagues before Beckham left the board of Manchester United would still turn around with that golden egg of marketing and say, no, we're picking Beckham over you, Fergie. And that, for me, is where football has changed to the yeah, core. And that, that for me, is where fans have become powerless. Because these guys are companies. Yeah. The players are now companies. Scott McTominay, now with Van der Beek coming into Manchester United, who, by the way, I think is a sensational signing, sensational value. The only thing I'm iffy about is the fact that he goes out with Dennis Bergkamp's daughter, would suggest for me he might play the game a little bit. He's shagging his former yeah. coach's daughter. Okay, so he likes climbing the ladder that way. Yeah, he might be. Maybe he's coming to United for the marketing reasons yeah. then. Maybe he's yeah. coming for the fame. But I don't think so. He's a top player and I love the price. But with him coming, Scott McTominay more or less has no reason to be no. at the club. He has no, no reason to be at Manchester United now because he, he never was a Manchester United player and still isn't. But if this was 20 years ago, McTominay goes to Everton. He goes to West Ham and he forges a great career and does a great job. But now, he leaves now. How many Instagram followers is he sacrificing over the next two years? What if he plays you to injury and we beat Real Madrid in a Champions League last 16 game next season? And he just does a funny celebration. He goes viral. Yeah. Let's just say he goes viral off one piece of skill that people joke about. He nutmegs yeah. Sergio Ramos yeah. accidentally. That's where the 150,000 Instagram followers to him. Uh, so his yeah. brand is building by being at Manchester United without even playing. So he actually becomes more valuable. He, 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 he becomes more, he, a better wise. career money-wise yeah. and commercially and, and, and after the game yeah. has more options than if he goes to West Ham and Everton now. Not as many people watch his games. Yeah. He puts in really solid performances and he just kind of becomes that Scottish... Yeah ex-Manchester United midfielder who's solid but he's not as famous but he can wait around Manchester United now because it's a bigger company and just take the fame yeah. take the money and not play that's where the game has shifted that's where the entire ideology of the sport has changed hugely and that's what I mean when I talk about football fans not caring as much it's not deliberate they didn't wake up and go I'm not going to care as much about my team but they aren't given that same fucking cult Passionate. unity camaraderie through the product that is football anymore. 
they're given their own little football world on their own little individual tablet and that is what they yeah. they, they follow United but yeah. in reality the images that they're seeing in the videos are taking them to all different places that you have so much less in common with a fellow fan than you used to have yeah. people used to be down in the boozer and the conversation 100% would be about Rashford's lack of ability to finish yeah. Every the so Bishop's Blaze would be talking about that the Trafford would be talking about that yeah. and everyone in Manchester would be but now there's just so many different things because we're reading such bullshit some true some false about him Paul Pogba just an average midfielder at this point with how many seasons of mediocrity he's provided in a Manchester United sure it wouldn't be a question about him staying or going if this was 10 years ago he'd just be gone and surely there's more strength in us as a race and as a society to just wait for COVID to be over and watch football with joy and love but Jesus think about it. technology's actually giving us fake fan noise and we're buying it <laughs> we're not yeah, even yeah. really complaining no. we're not really complaining about the fact that Sky and BT are putting in fake runs and we're kind of going yeah this is okay in baseball in America it's always been fucking commercial as shit they have fake people in the crowd in basketball they have people Skyping and it's people using technology to replace reality and Again, I think we'll be much healthier long term by just addressing this and, and laughing every time a football game is on, kind of. <laughs> the Charity oh, Shield yeah. was on three weeks after the FA Cup final. That's funny. It's not real, though. No. So there are the options we have. But, Pat Martin, there is something I want yeah. to bring up with you as a guy. And that is, you have recently become the face of a UCD graduation poster. Yeah, that's uh, it's all over the internet. Yeah. You are in a gown uh, looking like Jesse Spano when yeah. she won Fellow Victorian. Thing and you look every single bit yeah. of the fool, moron, and idiot you are. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel uh, that your image has been used to advertise online graduations at UCD at the minute? Did they have your permission? And are you going to seek it to be taken down? They didn't have my permission. I presume the reason you're using it is because I look so. Uh, happy which is embarrassing to be a part of because I'm actually smiling with the woman beside me so to imagine that they're using it as like a as a good they're doing it because you have a safe haircut oh is that and are taking it really serious and have like a Massimo duty suit on and you're just the best dressed <laughs> at the graduation which for me says so much about your character they know that you took the graduation a thing that Seriously. I never attended because I wouldn't be able to look myself in the cojones if I did. No. You're taking it more seriously than everyone else. Your, your happiness is pure because oh, it's such a big I'm day there. for you because it means so much for you. So what I want to ask is, why did your graduation mean so much to you? I don't know. I don't know. But what happened that day? Talk me through the day of your the college day. graduation. Oh, yeah. Got up, yeah. Uh, put on a suit, went in. What suit? Um, geez, I'd say Massimo Duty. Yeah. So, so but what, what, what were you going for? I was going What's for... What's the look? I don't know. Patrick Bateman like, in American Psycho. Yeah. No, but what is it? Is it's banker? Is it? Yeah. Because it's, it's not PFA yeah. awards yeah, no, or anything like that. It's, like, it's, it's uh, or like PFA. Yeah, it's not. You're you're dressed like a guy with insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So to like, your graduation. Yeah. Yeah. Why though? Um. Why? It's not necessary. You do not have to wear a suit to your graduation. Why? I don't know. According don't know. to who? What are they going to do? You can wear whatever you want. Obviously, you don't arrive in a tracky, but why are you dressed? Yeah, like a like you've never you've never worn that clothes to college. So why are you dressing? Like you know? Homer Simpson's brother. <laughs> yeah. So I you arrived at graduation. Who'd you go with? Uh, my mom and my girlfriend at the time <sighs> was the uh, but what trio you... of people because you had two tickets. So you, your mom, and your girlfriend go to your college graduation. You sit there. 
you you were doing arts, yeah. AKA get the fuck out of this uni yeah, degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, you shouldn't even be there if you're doing that degree as well. It's, it's a fucking stain on the university. And as a graduate of UCD, that fucking arts degree that lets absolute tools like you in completely brings down the reputation of the entire university globally. Surely this isn't the place James Joyce went to university. Surely this isn't the place that has produced the most heads of state in Irish history. Because that again, I've never been to a graduation. Yeah. But from what I know. The arts one has like 4,000 people at it. They just split them up and then game. They have to, because how many of you yeah, fucking like rodents do they take fees yeah, off to let in? How many thick cunts do arts? I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know the number, but there's a lot of people there anyway. And you stand in, it's probably done like eight or fucking... Well, you go to your arts graduation yeah. with your girlfriend. Yeah. Where did you meet her? Was it like a childhood sweetheart? No, where did I meet her? Commerce Ball. So it was all kind of linked into... <laughs> To, uh, the at the Commerce Ball. Line. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. That's so why do you come on this, Mike? Yeah. And act mean? like you're this funny, <laughs> funny guy and don't really give a shit and look how open I am. I tell these stories. When you went to an arts graduation with your girlfriend you met at the Commerce Ball, was, the, was there photos? Yeah. Sorry, and your mom. So I'm girlfriend mom. and mom. Yeah. So there's photos. Yeah. There's Who, photos, who's in yeah. the photos? Me and my mom. Who took that? Probably my girlfriend at the time. Okay. <laughs> so you and your mom. Yes. Because you had the opportunity that... 90% of the nation wouldn't have had for yeah. a better level of education in a private school. You then get into the bare minimum course <laughs> in one of the, the respected universities yeah. in Ireland. You skag through it on a yeah. pretty low 2-1, not trying once, yeah. getting high for three years, yeah. drinking beers for three years, and eventually you, you get over the line yeah. and you have the audacity to... Get no, but no, but to actually live this fake world and play pretend and bring your lovely girlfriend and your mother along and take photos yeah. as if you're some student now wearing a suit, clean shaven, getting in photos and becoming the face of the graduation system. Are you not ashamed? How do you sleep at night? Why the photo? With them? Why? Why the photo? Yeah. I don't know. Proud mom for my mother. She, What's she, proud? She can look back at it when she's dying. Why? And go, oh, can she? Remember. That's what she. I don't think it is. But she well, I don't think she'd be going oh, that was Whopper that, that, day, <laughs> that day we went to UCD and had the yard no she's lived a full life I don't think she'd remember it bro really yeah I think so she I just knew it. you were such a little netty fucker who wanted to play make pretend and wear a suit and be the face of the thing she just kind of felt sorry for you <laughs> so then what why the picture with the girlfriend though I don't know I think that's I'll claim humour but it's not no it's not don't claim humour be honest with me here why <laughs> um, the picture with the girlfriend I don't know proud moment but it's not what's proud, proud? No, proud you're not married though yeah, not you don't have a child no. So what are you celebrating? You met her halfway through the degree. You're with her till the end of the degree. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. decide to consummate the relationship with a picture of you in a fucking gown after yeah. an arts degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the picture with an at-the-time lover? Yeah, I don't know. How is that representative of anything? Why... What it is, is the strange. photo? What, is you know strange. the way if you like if you go to you go to see the Statue of Liberty, we're getting a photo here. Yeah. You go to the Empire State, we're getting a photo <laughs> here, and we're celebrating. Even if it is with a girlfriend who you're not going to marry or or know down the line, it's still we're celebrating this moment yeah. of time. We did this together. We did this crazy shit. We're young, but you're just in the college you were both in across the pond outside a hall that you both would have been in numerous yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So what are you taking a picture of? 
What's your picture the claiming? Moment, I, I remember what's we went the, for actually lunch mate, after I'll, just... I'll, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. But what I really want to know is why the photo, though? I don't know. I don't know. I, what, I, what's, I can't tell you the answer. I presume it's a moment that you kind of look back at. You're supposed to look back at. Why, you should, why are you supposed oh, to? Oh, that was the but, three years yeah, of my no, life. But if, you, if you go to fucking time, Harvard, uh, if you go to Harvard and you live out of home and it's in a completely yeah, different yeah, city, not if you fucking leg it down a motorway in your 07 Opal Corsa twice a week to make sure you can sign in so you don't get done and fucking leave again to go smoke some blunts yeah, yeah you, no. that's that's not what the college graduation is yeah no fair enough yeah. I actually you weren't in Yale no so, so why are you getting pictures with lovers and mothers outside the O'Reilly I remember saying to you at the time man this is dangerous stuff yeah. like what are you celebrating you, you don't deserve to you're a great dude but you're, you're actually you're doing a masters after though yeah no getting photos after that getting photos after that but now it's come back and it has bitten you yeah, it has bitten you yeah, where it hurts. And when that news came in yesterday that you are now the brochure of UCD graduations, you deserved every single bit of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. So wrap it's it all up, over Whitney. Indiana. Wrap it what? It's all over the internet. Yeah. So are you going to get on to them and get it down? I don't know. Can you? What do you mean, can you? They're using your image. Yeah, so it's... it's... You ring UCD. If I was you, right, and I, and I did what you did, yeah. and they were using my image, I would wait on hold overnight so I'd ring them at nine if they said no one's in the office and shit I'd, 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 no I'd wait oh, on the sorry. phone if they yeah. said no one is in the office due to COVID restrictions I'd just wait I'd leave the phone on until somebody just had to come in and collect a file or a key yeah, and goes is yeah. this phone off the hook go, yeah here I've been here for four fucking days what's the story of my image the news all over Twitter and brochures <laughs> yeah, yeah. because that day was the most embarrassing day of my life yeah. I gathered people to pop across to a building with me that's based in Klonski and take photos with me outside hilarious. of it that's for hilarious. no reason. Yeah, hilarious. Went for lunch after all. Funny. Where'd you go for lunch? Uh, used to be a place bottom of a. I don't know. Beside Lynham's there in um, in Klonski. Don't know what it was called. It was a new place at the time. What are you know. breaking bread over? I don't know. I, I don't know I don't really know I can't tell you maybe you three years of life isn't that it it's the passing of time it's like a birthday you celebrate no, that beginning. no it's not birthday so it's birthdays the, signify the day you were born first of all I think birthdays are an absolute load of bollocks anyway and they are kind of yeah, leaving yeah, society yeah. no one celebrates their birthday anymore it's shameful it got ruined when people started writing on people they didn't know as well on Facebook on happy birthday happy birthday people used to count how many they had the only thing that was worse than them were events that were made on Facebook putting people under yeah. the pressure to attend you have to click not going <laughs> Do you mean, just leave it hey guys uh, throwing a shindig uh, be a few cans there all you lads and lasses the pros okay. of the invite this Friday if you want a bit of a buzz head up to my gaff there'll be a load of cans have a bit of a barney why are you making a presentation to state this online just text around yeah. just say my gaff Friday night feel free to check it out and feel free to retweet it because today the mask has been lifted because somebody attended grad grad with his old girlfriend and mommy and the photos are all over the internet and I don't hear that arrogance from Pat Martin right now I don't hear him calling Jack Charlton a woman abuser right now I don't hear him slagging the travelling community I don't hear him mocking men who are domestically abused and I do not hear any hint of homophobia what I hear is a dude who has been exposed if you enjoyed the show drop it a rating it's been how many years, my boy? You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need.
to go, just take it slow. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me see the light What about those tears? Believe my eyes How's it make a fair? Makes me feel alright 